Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into yet another episode of Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host Mozzie, per usual. Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good. Ooh, Haley yeah. and Morton are both now available. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, yeah, Morton, oof, that was a surprise. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know, when, when Matt Forte, like, speaks out publicly and has a problem with you, then, like... <laughs> That's true. He did do that earlier in the year. Yeah, and like Matt Forte, like he's so, like I've literally never heard him like say anything bad about anyone. Like he's not ever in the media for any reason. And right. like, when that guy's talking like a bad about the play calling, then like okay, there's definitely a rift there. It really goes to show how when it comes to news, they may choose what becomes public and what doesn't. Because there yeah. was not a whole lot saying that there was like a rift between the Jets offensive mm-hmm. coordinator Todd Bowles. But then yeah, once everything gets, comes out after, yeah. yeah. Oh man, there was nothing there that he, everyone hated him. I'm like, shit, really? So I did, that was surprising to me. Um, McCown's it, probably like, come on guys. I liked him. <laughs> I imagine McCown like, guys, he was, he was pretty, I don't know. I don't know. He made good Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McCown had a career year, you know? Yeah, I'm sure Robbie liked him. <laughs> he is not going to nut in his wife's eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if you guys didn't hear, Robbie Anderson uh, got arrested again. Um, well, I guess again. Like, he got arrested, like, what, year, year and a half ago at, like, a something, music festival yeah. or something. But, yeah, he was, like, speeding. He's going, like, 105 or something. And, and when he got arrested, he told the police, wa- police officer he was going to bang his wife and nut in her eye. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Like, I do find that funny, but the, he the, also, the insult was, itself is funny. Yeah, no, that was that was hilarious. The only thing that pissed me off a little is he was bragging about his money and coming off as a bit bratty, and I'm like, come on, man. Get yeah, your shit. and you got a, the whole, you know, you know, you know, reckless driving thing. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but like, that was such a we'll that's if, a unique way to take an insult, like. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever, th- like, threatened someone that way or if that would ever even come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not so, like, I'm going to kick your ass or something like that. It's, I'm going to find your wife and nut in her eye. <laughs> specific. Oh. It's, that's, specific insults are the funniest ones. That's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a lesson to everyone out there. <laughs> Get specific <laughs> with your insults. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like Morton will end up somewhere, like, Probably as an OC. I don't. I don't know about head coach, but definitely probably an OC or like on someone's crew. I was, I was disappointed because I heard Gruden wanted him, and so I was like, oh man, maybe like Gruden will go grab him, and then he didn't, and then now he's available. I'm like, oh man, I would have loved to have Morton on the on the Raiders there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe him and Haley will switch. I could see that happening. Yeah, I. I mean, I think Morton knows how to call an offense. I will say mm-hmm. that. I don't know if. Him having an estranged relationship, though, with the head coach will make teams hesitant to sign him because they, they, you want somebody who's agreeable and you can work with. Yeah, I guess I guess he and Todd Haley kind of – well, Todd Haley's always had that rep of like kind of being hard to work with. I'm, I mean, he's, he rubs guys the wrong way everywhere he goes, but like he's he's a very good OC. So right. head coach, not so much. OC, yeah. Um, I guess like I guess because of that personality thing, you don't want that as the head coach. But – um. Yeah, so I, I sent you the report about Haley being interested in the Cardinals OC job. I would, I would like that. Um, I, I don't know where Morton's gonna end up though, man. 
That's I'm curious on that one because like the Jets overperformed. So right, yeah, <laughs> someone will take him. I can almost guarantee that. Now there weren't, I believe, a ton of offensive coordinators got fired, so there should be openings for him. Yeah, what if Tennessee somehow lands McDaniel as their coach and Morton as their OC? <laughs> that would be pretty scary because yeah. I think would work very well with Mariota. Mm-hmm. And, I, and McDaniels would probably call the plays, but you'd have two like really good offensive minds there together. So, Or maybe the Seahawks. Don't the Seahawks need an OC too? Yeah, didn't they? I think they got someone. And I know um, people are looking at the Rams OC too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Seattle hired someone, but I don't remember who it was. Um, well, probably not important. Probably a bad hire if I don't remember. Um <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah but um yeah i'll see what those guys are like very similar coaches I, mm-hmm. I consider them to be pretty similar they're both players coaches they're both out there like with their team but they make some boneheaded decisions <laughs> oh Jewish. yeah mm-hmm. and I, don't know, I guess with the steelers like did you hear about the reports that like levy on bell um was like late like to show up for the game well, not like late to the game, but like later than they like set the deadline or timeline for. And then like he like pretty much missed the whole walk through the day before. He was like there for like the last five minutes. Yeah. I'm like, I, that's no yeah. good. He's pissed off at someone. Like he wants his money. I can't blame him. You know, it's not like, yeah. I mean, NFL careers are short, especially for a running back. Yeah. You need to be set up for a career's worth of earnings in a short period of time. Yeah, and like I know, like Lev played pretty decently. Like rushing, his rushing total wasn't like great, like sixteen for sixty-seven a touchdown. But like that that one touchdown catch he had, like I thought I thought that was AB for a second when I saw it. I'm like, holy shit, that was Lev Bell making that catch. Like, yeah, that he, was he a, is I, a running back and a receiver. <laughs> I thought it was a receiver too. That was yeah. unbelievable. That's how good he is. But like I before like that week leading up to it, like hearing all that stuff about like Lev Bell's like discontent i'm like i wonder if that's gonna hurt them this weekend and then comes out after that it kind of did which is kind of interesting and then obviously the the biggest news and i guess the first injury will headline is tom brady's hand oh man oh no (laughs) that guy who ran into him man (laughs) (laughs) i wonder how much i wonder how much billy yelled at him you don't fucking hurt my quarterback I don't know. Um, maybe he didn't say anything. It was like, you know, be tougher, Tom. Yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, like, how it occurred. Because, like, okay, like, I mean, running, running drills, like, you you clearly, like, you always aim to run past the quarterback in all cases. So, like, it, it might have just been some, like, weird occurrence where someone tripped or I don't know. Because, like, you never intentionally try to touch your quarterback in practice. No, especially not if you're doing walkthroughs and drills, too. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so he got an x-ray, right? Yeah, and nothing was, like, up with it. But he did get stitches, though. Yeah, they. I, from what I've heard, it's mostly a discomfort kind of thing. Like, it's just kind of bruised up and a little injured. But it's not going to be, like, a huge factor. I mean, he, he's going to play. Like, yeah. I mean, all gonna... these guys who go through, like, I'm going to assume they'll all play. Just because, like, it's, it's a very important game. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he, he's on, because Brady's on the injury report. He's listed as questionable, but I mean, they got they got rid of the probable tag, so like everyone's questionable or doubtful or out now. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not quite sure why they did that, but I understand. Like, I guess I I get it. 
Yeah, it's pretty much like it literally all it did was like screw over people who play fantasy football. Yeah. It's like because questionable and probable like were a lot different and like sorry, getting my dog here. She's coming over. <laughs> um, yeah, questionable and probable were a lot different. And now it's just like everyone assumes questionable is playing now. Right. And, and then it sucks the, when they don't. It was probable. There was like a 98% chance they were going to play. It was very rare that somebody sat when they were probable before. Now you kind of have to guess. Yeah. And you, you have, it does get you kind of to read more into the news, which I, I guess it's, I guess it's annoying because like you, it's harder to know, but it's, it, it makes you kind of like do more work as far as like figuring out if they are going to play and how like well they're going to do, I guess. I guess it kind of like, creates more of a separation between like people who put more time into it or like think more about it. Mm. I don't know. That's, that's kind of just a different, different discussion, but, um, <laughs> so onto the Patriots running backs. So Burkhead and Gillisley are both listed as questionable. I think Burkhead's a lot more likely to play. Um, cause he, I thought he was gonna play last week and they held him out. Cause I mean, they didn't need him to beat the Titans, <laughs> but, um, I, I assume he's going to play. I don't know what his workload will be. Um, I'm not as sure about Gillisley. He seems a little more... He's he's, he's more towards like the ass side of questionable. But even if he is active, I don't know how much he'll use him. If Burkhead is in, I can immediately see him being fantasy relevant. Yeah, because the thing is, like, even if they limit his touches, like he wasn't getting a ton of touches to start. I mean, like... No, go back to not. it. Like, he, he's pretty much, like, he's some receiving downs, but he's mostly, like, their goal line red zone guy. Like, Yeah, and he's effective. Okay, during during that three-game stretch, like, 12, 13, 14, um, like, he, he had 28, 22, and 17 snaps on offense. Like, and he was still super fantasy relevant. Because, like, so week 12, those 28 snaps against Miami, uh, 13 rushes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh two targets for two receptions, three yards at a touchdown. Like then week 13 against Buffalo, 22 snaps, but on, he had 12 rushes and four targets on those 22 snaps. And he got two touchdowns rushing with that. Um, week 14 against Miami, 17 snaps. He still got a touchdown that week. Um, week 15, 16 snaps, still got a touchdown that week. Like he's, he's their touchdown guy. So, I mean, yeah. If he plays, they use him that way too. Mm-hmm. So, and he he's a decent receiving back. Like he's he's definitely gets the targets too. Um, and this is a game. I mean, so we can talk about it more in the section. I think Burkhead. I think Burkhead will get use, but um, I assume he'll be active too. And then um, I guess staying in that game on the other side of it, um, we've got Gibson. He's on the injury report. He's what their safety, right? Let me check that out just to make sure I don't just mess that up. So yeah, he's he's the safety. Yeah, and I, like I said, I assume he's gonna play. Um, what's what is what is that injury? It's his foot. He's just questionable. But um, yeah, he he missed Wednesday, but he practiced Thursday and Friday, so I assume he's in. Um, obviously that's important for you know stopping big runs, and I'm kind of covering over the back there. Um, Bortles and Fournette, um, they're both on the injury report, but they're both off the injury report now. Bortles had a wrist, and uh, Fournette's it was Corsa's ankle, so they'll both play. Um, I never had a worry with with Bortles. For net that ankle, man, you always gotta be concerned though. Yeah. 
That is a little worrisome. It seems like it's been just a constant nagging injury all year for him. Oh, even it was, it was still kind of an issue for him. So I wonder if he'll get surgery in the offseason. I don't know, but I would react like a proactive sort of surgery. <laughs> yeah, he he needs to get something done with it because that you can kind of tell like early in the year when he was like balling out, like he didn't have any ankle issues, and like it, it kind of started coming back up, and he missed some games. I mean, he was he looked really good last week before his ankle got hurt, and then he kind of came back out. I mean, he still got a touchdown, but he didn't look as spry per se. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll drive down his ownership a bit. Um, maybe makes TJ Yeldon more considered. But um, who knows? We can talk about that too. Um, in the other game, I don't. I didn't see any injuries for the Eagles like on the airport that, that were major. Um, the only thing I can think of is I know they've got like a backup left tackle playing because they're starting left tackles out. That's kind of important. Yeah, but he's been pretty solid. I forget his name now. Oh, he's he's got a long ass Hawaiian name, right? I'm not even gonna try to say it. I tried earlier. I saw it. I tried it like 20 times and I couldn't get it right. So, yeah, I, the Halapool of a tie guy. Yeah, his right. play's been decent, but he does have to go against Everson Griffin this this week. So, yeah, that's a whole another challenge. Yeah, that's him to look out for. And then. On the Vikings side, we've got uh, Sandejo with a concussion. Um, he's the guy I think is most like questionable. I mean, outside of Gillisley, but um, I, I assume he'll play just because, like you know, as long as he gets to the protocol, he, I mean, he'll play. Um, if they don't have him, that's that's definitely is a hit to the defense. Um, if you didn't see what happened, it's pretty much he and Michael Thomas collided, and Michael Thomas decked him. They threw a flag, but uh, they, they picked the flag up, right? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, they did. It yeah, didn't so, seem dirty to me upon re- no. like replaying it. Just one of those quick plays where shit just happens. Yeah, it it wasn't like a crackback block or anything. Like he was, they were just going side to side. So yeah, right. It wasn't like I mean, the previous Viking Saints NFC Championship. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that was, Yeah, I guess that 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 Minnesota miracle is like karma balance for Bounty Gate, huh? Right. <laughs> so so more Brett Favre is just so happy. <laughs> just laughing to himself yeah but uh yeah so Thielen, or sorry uh Sunday was at apartment practice on Friday so I imagine a clear protocol and then Thielen it's it's the lower back which I, I, I from what I can tell it's mostly kind of like precautionary making sure they rest him enough but I like I assume he's gonna play and be fine he looked great last week so yeah I I'm think he'll concerned. be fine mm-hmm He'd have a probable next to his name if he, he would, if this yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> oh. All right, so um, Scott did just point out to me that um, they, the Steelers did in fact uh, promote their QB coach to the OC spot. So no, no Morton there. But um, <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that because I mean they did. I mean like to keep constant, but if stuff keeps kind of going wrong, just like a little bit, I don't. In house hirings, like if. I'm I'm torn on those, but that's a whole that's all different discussion. I yeah, but there's a good reason for it. I yeah, mean, I it mean, just doesn't work like Ben McAdoo. Yeah, I <laughs> guess this time it, their offense wasn't the problem. I mean, at least not late in the game. the The defense was the problem, so I, I don't mind it as much. But like, in in Green Bay, like keep firing everyone but McCarthy, I'm like, and like they made some like in house promotions. I'm like, I don't like that, but. 
Uh, it doesn't seem like a step forward, but anyway, um, <laughs> so we can talk about that on the off season, some of the off season shows. So on to some of our picks. Um, so just two games. Got Jacksonville at New England and Minnesota at Philly. <laughs> Guess we'll start with the first one. Um, despite how I want this game to go, I'm I'm gonna pick New England. Um, the over under is forty five and a half. Um, New England's seven and a half point favorites right now. Um, I do think Jacksonville covers the spread, and I, I am taking the over. I'm actually going New England thirty one to twenty seven. Um, I think it it's a little bit reminiscent of last week, not entirely, like because. I don't think the Jags are going to get out to a huge lead, but I do think the Jags can keep up better than with the Patriots than people think. So, yeah, this so this game's really interesting. Uh, the New England started out as nine point favorites, which I think is a little egregious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what that's what worries me the most. The Patriots are pretty good with their Vegas odds, and the Ve- and Vegas knows the Patriots really well. So the fact that they were nine-point underdogs worries me a lot that this could just be a Patriots blowout. But I don't think that's going to happen. And since it has gone down from a nine-point spread to what is now a seven-and-a-half, I think that means a lot of people are betting on Jacksonville to cover the spread. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the way to go with this one. So right now I've got a 27-23 New England game where uh, New England wins. And if I was betting on it, I would probably bet on Jacksonville to cover the spread itself. Yeah, and that's how I want it to go because I want Jacksonville to win this game. But... Yeah, we everyone does. <laughs> well, because the over-under started at 47, and that's dropped directly with the spread. Uh, I mean, it's the Tom Brady hand stuff. And I don't know, saying that this, like, this Jacksonville defense, I know, like, I mean, they let up a lot of points last week, but that's, it, the games are kind of went that way. I don't. This defense is really freaking talented. I don't saying that any team is like a whole like nine points better than that Jacksonville defense is pretty tough. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's really easy to make. Like that's a tough call to make. But what, I mean, how many times have the Patriots been double digit favorites over a team this year and covered? Yeah, but I don't know the. Jacksonville's a lot better than all those teams. I mean, I know it's now at seven and a half point favorite, but because like seven and a half's not that much. Because like it's it is a touchdown, but it is also just a touchdown. So I think seven and a half is more accurate. I I agree. I think a seven point like favorite is not like too out of the question. Like Mm -hmm. a touchdown, just but I think it's a single position or a single possession. Sorry, uh, score. Yeah, I don't think it's going to ever get out of hand. I mean, it could, but I think the odds that it gets out of hand are a lot lower than the odds that it stays pretty competitive. Yeah, they don't, I mean, the, the biggest problem is that pay, fucking Brady has such a quick release time. I don't see Jacksonville getting a whole lot of pressure on him, mm-hmm. like, which sucks. because It's just their offensive line is just fantastic, and Brady just gets rid of the yeah. ball so quickly. What it's that gonna come play well now. Yeah. Can they stop Lewis and Burkhead in the run? Can they create pressure in the secondary? They have to like it's gonna be a tough game. I really hope Jacksonville can surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be okay with this pick being wrong. But I know like last week I I discussed why I liked Le'Veon Bell, and it was because Jacksonville's one sort of weakness is pass catching running backs, and 
that is literally New England is pass catching running backs. So <laughs> I can see that working out. And I mean, the, the recipe to beat Brady in the past is being able to generate a four man rush, which Jacksonville kind of can, but it's literally just a matter of like, I think New England has a good chance of just game planning around that. Cause I mean, Belichick does his homework, obviously. I am curious to see though if they put Ramsey on Gronk. I don't, I don't think they're gonna be stupid enough to put a single person on Gronk. I think they're gonna double team him a lot of the game. Yeah. Well I mean I mean looking back at week one, um watching Eric Barry shut down Gronk, I think that's kinda like I might give a hint to maybe the recipe to beating the Patriots. I don't know, but Yeah. I, I don't think they will, or at least not the whole game, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see them try that out. Just because, I mean, A.J. Bowie is really freaking good too. So, it Cooks is good, but like, okay. I know Hogan and Amendola are decent, but like, they're I mean, they're not like amazing. I mean, Cooks is like the burner guy, so. he He's definitely the by far number one receiver, like wide receiver there. So, I mean, I don't... I think putting Bouye and Ramsey on uh, Cooks and Gronk, respectively, might be a good recipe. Like, I mean, I have no clue if that actually would work, but maybe. <laughs> they need Tashawn Gibson, that's for sure. Yeah. What gives me hope, truly, is that Jacksonville was able to beat the Steelers' offense last week, and that Steelers' offense was fucking on fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Roethlisberger had probably one of the best games I've ever seen out of him. Like, he went off, and they still were able to win. I don't think the Patriots' offense is as good as the Steelers' was last week. It's not – there's not as many pieces. It's not as dynamic. Like, okay, Big Ben's got, like, A.B., Juju, Martavius, uh, Lev Bell. Um, Even Vance McDonald's pretty athletic, I should say. I could say. But, like, he's got four – he's got four, like, really awesome options. Um I mean, the page of me has got Gronk and Cooks. And then, I mean, Dan Lewis isn't, he's good, but he's not, like, amazing. I mean, yeah, it's its going to be interesting to see how this goes. But the, the Patriots defense is be- definitely a lot better than the Steelers-Sands-Shazier uh, defense. That's true. And that's, like, the, the flip side of the argument. The Patriots are probably a better team than the Steelers oh, yeah. overall. But I don't. It's gonna it's gonna be a really good game. Um, and both these obviously will be. It's the championship round. But um, go yeah. Jags, please. <laughs> like I said, we're picking the Patriots, but I'd I'd love to see a Bortles. What is it on? Uh, I can't remember what podcast it was. Oh gosh, it might have been one of the. I think it was the Dynasty Awards zone. I don't know. Um, I think that sounds right. He he was saying um. A Bortles Keen of Super Bowl isn't the Super Bowl America wants. It's the Super Bowl America needs. <laughs> and I thought that was I thought that was a, a perfect quote. It would be. Oh gosh, I, I wanted. It. it was either that or like one of the football guys podcasts. I can't remember which, but um, I'd like to give credit when I can. It was it was either football guys or fantasy horse. And either way, it was it was a hilarious quote, and I I loved it. Um, because I like I want to pick Jacksonville because I I'm rooting for them so heavily. Yeah, like it's just. The probability, like they can win, but like if we're going off probabilities and when you when you bet, when you like do like any like football or like sports betting, whatever fantasy stuff, you go off probabilities, and so the probability of outcomes lends itself towards New England winning. So, 
Yeah. God. Ugh. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. But um, on to Minnesota and Philly. Um, I'm taking Minnesota here. I, I, my disclaimer one week was um, if Minnesota does beat the Saints, because I picked the Saints originally, if Minnesota, Minnesota beats the Saints, they'll go on them at all. So I'm obviously picking them here and hoping they can beat New England next week in the Super Bowl if that plays out. Um, <laughs> see, the over-under is 39. That's a pretty low over-under, which that's pretty good. Um, and then the Minnesota's favored by three. I've got Minnesota 24-13. Okay. Um. I think it'll be a little closer than that, personally. I do still think Minnesota wins this one. So I've got Minnesota winning 23-16, to 16, which is right at the line of 39. Uh, my reasoning being, this, this, Philadelphia's defense is really good, and they're really pissed off that they're consistently being marked home underdogs. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big motivational tool for the team. Uh, on the flip side, Minnesota won last week. On a miraculous play that was glorious. I'm not going to take it away from them. But that was a little bit of a fluky play with the mm-hmm. error rookie. And if they don't make that, it's the Saints that are playing this one. So I don't think Minnesota is like this offensive juggernaut that is oh, going to no. like run all over the Eagles. So I've, I've, I've got it pretty contained, like a one-score game, 23-16. I do still think they win. I don't trust Nick Foles to be able to put up points. On, especially against Minnesota's defense. Yeah, I mean, I could look at it last week where it was like 15-10, right? The Philly-Atlanta game. I mean, it just right. it could, like, it was like Atlanta like was like in the red zone like trying to get a touchdown to win. That could have easily gone the other way too. It's, right. I mean, both these games are super-duper close. Um, I, 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 I see the thing with Minnesota. Like, they, they, they could come out super flat and, you know, like Philly gets out to a lead, or maybe they come out rolling from that. I mean, who knows? Um, my thought process was okay. Like, I mean, obviously, like I thought that Minnesota and New Orleans were both better than the Falcons and the Eagles this year. I mean, like I'm a Falcons fan, but right. I, I, I'll, like I'll be objective here. Like, both the teams in the Minnesota game were better than both the teams in the Philly game. So, like, I would have picked either of those winners, like either Minnesota or New Orleans, to beat either winner from the other game. Mm-hmm. So, but some some of my logic with this is like, so Philly was a three point underdog last week, uh, bringing Atlanta in, and they're same same uh, spread kind of this week. And Minnesota's got a way better defense than Atlanta does, and their offense is uh, honestly like it's might even be better. So like, <laughs> their wide receiver, I mean, having Thielen and Diggs, and then also Rudolph, their running game. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I think. Especially the way Steve Sarkeesian was this year, yeah, Pretty and like, because cool. the Falcons like they've got Julio and Sanu's decent, but I, I would take, like, I mean, obviously Julio's better than Diggs or Thielen, but like the combo of Diggs and Thielen is better than the combo of Julio and Sanu. I'd say they've been more consistent as well. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's offense has been much more consistent than yeah, and like the, the Eagles' like w- one sort of weakness is wide receivers. And Thielen and Diggs are both very good wide receivers, so I I think they match up pretty well. Like I was closest in like twenty seven thirteen even that would have that would take the over by one. So I'm pretty close. I'm on the under right now. Um, but like this this might be a thing where it's like twenty one to six, and then like like Philly scores a late touchdown and Minnesota kicks a field goal. Like 
I don't think this will be like that. I know we've got a back and forth on this. The the two ways this goes for me are Philly gets up to like an early, like say like 14-3 lead and Minnesota comes back and wins or Minnesota just kind of stops them the whole way through. And I honestly think that the latter might be like slightly more likely, which is kind of weird. But um, I, yeah. I think the first is what's going to happen. Because I think the Eagles are going to come out strong and they're going to come out swinging at home. And uh, I think it'll be close in the first half, but I think Philly will have the lead. It'll be like 14-10 in the first. And then the second half, the Eagles are not going to just – they're just not going to even find the end zone. Um, I think the second half adjustments will come into play much more strongly for Minnesota. I think the Eagles are sort of a one-trick pony with their mm-hmm. offense. Once you figure out how to stop it, there's not a whole lot they can do. And, and I, I really think, wish Wentz were playing. Sorry to interrupt. But. I do, too. No, I really do, too. If Wentz was playing, I would be rooting for the Eagles. Um, I do sort of have that Philly blood in, in me with mm-hmm. my family. Uh, but it's hard. I don't want to see the Eagles go to the Super Bowl and lose. I would much rather see them lose now. Yeah. <laughs> Come stronger next year. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, Philly, I mean, because I was saying the Carson Wentz thing, because without Carson Wentz, you're right, they are pretty, like, stale. <laughs> they... He adds right. so much to that offense. So I, we both do agree, though, this is Minnesota's game to lose. Uh, they should win this. Yeah. Which, like I said, picking last week, picking Atlanta, like I I was a little iffy on just because, you know, picking against the home underdog is always kind of tough. But this is a situation where watching last week play out and a couple of the breaks Philly got and, you know, at the end, it was just being literally like an inch away from Atlanta winning. Like Minnesota is going to close this one, I think. Yeah. And there were a lot of people arguing that because it was going to be in Philly and not a dome and when, you know, all that stuff, it would come into play. But if you look at the weather, it's going to be pretty nice out. Yeah. The weather's not bad. Like this coming weekend. That's like the thing. Like in, in neither. Um, like, I mean, even here in Cincinnati, it's getting kind of balmy. It's going to be like 50 or something, which it's just, messing up my sinuses like no other like i woke up with a radical headache this morning but um awful it, i think it got me sick it went from like really? seven degrees to 50 and it just fucked up my whole immune system yeah that that's what gets me my my head like is unable to adjust to those pressure temperature changes <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't get any of these players this weekend but um yeah both of these games are going to be like kind of mid upper 40s no wind I mean, so the weather's not going to be a concern for these guys. And the no wind makes me happy for Bortles because, <laughs> I mean, we saw that Buffalo game. He had trouble with that wind. But um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, it's, I, I got Minnesota. Said, maybe, I think we both have them covering the spread, right? Yeah. Yes, we both have them covering the spread. On to the DFS discussion. So, I mean, I, this is pretty much the last week of DFS to do because, I mean, the Pro Bowl, I'm not going to do it during the Pro Bowl. And doing su- I think doing Super Bowl DFS, I don't even know how much they do for it. But um, it's literally one game, and I'd rather just sit and watch it than be worried about my players. So we're going to go through some guys here. Um, we can talk cash versus uh, GPP a little bit. Like I said, I'm mostly going to play GPP this week since there's only two games. Cash is more my in-season thing. Um. I'll talk a little bit about both FanDuel and DraftKings because um, I'll probably play them both this weekend. I'm, I've, I've played a lot more FanDuel, so my FanDuel insight might be a little better than my DraftKings insight. But, I mean, 
should go pretty... too much different. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much half PBR versus full PBR, and then you get like the yardage bonus on DraftKings for the 300 passing yards. Is DraftKings full PPR? Yeah. Interesting. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, also the 100-yard rushing game, 100-yard receiving game, you get the extra three points too. And then the 300-yard passing game, you get three points. So you get, you get the yardage bonuses on DraftKings as well. So, That's awesome. So as draft, DraftKings is a lot less uh, touchdown dependent than FanDuel is. Um, so that's why next next year I'll probably try that out a little more, see if I can what I can do with that. But um, yeah, I guess let's uh, let's get on into it. So um, quarterback picks. Um, I think all the guys are in play except for Foles. <laughs> yes, I'm I, not taking Foles. No, yeah, I, I do not see a way in which Foles has value. If he does, you know what? I'm wrong. I will take that. But <laughs> the other three guys are the ones I'm looking at. Um. Obviously, Tom Brady, he's the most expensive on both, like, by a decent margin, I think. Um, on FanDuel, he's 7,700, which is 1,100 more than the next guy. On FanDuel, he is 9,000, which is 1,000 more than the next guy. Um, so you will be paying up for him, but it's a matter of if it's worth it. I, It probably is. I mean... I See, last week I would have, and I did mm-hmm. last week. But this week, I'm not doing it. I'm not buying for Brady this week. I don't know if I wouldn't cash. I mean, obviously, GBP is considered it's Tom freaking Brady in the playoffs, but it's a matter of how you think the touchdowns will get scored in this game. Um, I do think he'll. I think on DraftKings, like I think I think he'll hit that 300 yard mark. It's just a matter of is it one touchdown or like three touchdowns kind of thing. Like, are the running backs gonna catch it or run it in kind of thing? Sorry, good. I think this is a one-and-one one game. One touchdown, one interception for Brady. Really? Yeah. I don't think so, he has like a phenomenal game because he he's not going to need to. I think it's on the ground that this game's played. A lot of running from both sides. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like I said, it's only really a matter of does he pass it to the running backs at the five-yard <laughs> line or do they run it in at the five-yard line? That's, like, that's, the, right. that's the deciding factor there. Um, I think he will throw a lot to his running backs, but I think at mm-hmm. the goal line it will be a rush touch it like a rushing touchdown. Burkhead, Lewis, one of them. I would laugh if they did a QB sneak with Brady. That'd be the last thing the Jags would expect with his donked up hand. <laughs> but um Yeah, that's that's the only trepidation I've got is the hand, which you no know, that could drive his tournament ownership down, which is kinda what you want to look for. <clears throat> but I mean it's Tom Brady, he'll probably still be pretty highly owned. And it's also the matchup, too. It is Jacksonville. Of course, Roethlisberger didn't seem to have a problem with that last yeah. week. But yeah, like we've discussed, I think Pittsburgh has more weapons. Although, yes. so this is an interesting discussion, I guess. Um, so last week, if you would have stacked Roethlisberger and the Jacksonville defense, you actually would have had a pretty decent week since the turnovers and the touchdown, despite the points being allowed. Would you consider stacking Brady with the Jacksonville defense? Because um, last week it was Jacksonville defense got them up and then they had to come back. This week I wouldn't. I personally would not. I don't think that Jacksonville's going to get up in the same way. And Brady, I don't think Brady will make all those mistakes. Well, yeah, I don't either, and that's exactly why. Because remember last week I was texting you during the game. I was like, "There is one hundred percent going to be a, a defensive score." Yeah, and like five or ten minutes later, yeah. <laughs> and Telvin Smith gets one. The, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite with this week. There is like a 
20% chance that there's a defensive score for the Jets. It's kind of high. May, well, yeah, but like what I'm saying is it's like one in five versus a hundred chance. <laughs> yeah, like there's much lower up odds that the Patriots make those kind of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess on the other side. So <laughs> Bortles is uh, on on DraftKings. He's super cheap. Um, on FanDuel, he is seventy six hundred. Which on FanDuel, I'm not as apt to play him because Case Keenum's only four hundred more. And that's not a bad pick either, but um, on DraftKings, what is it? Kingdom six sixty six hundred, and then Bortles is fifty or is uh, five thousand. So I mean, that's a huge difference on DraftKings. But I mean, I think he's viable on either. Um, I guess it depends on the game script you're you're envisioning. If if it's like if they're having to keep up with the Patriots, I mean, it might not be a ton, but I mean, a bunch of short passes to Westbrook and Lee and Yeldon will add up. Yeah, I don't think Bortles is going to throw for a lot of yardage, but I do sense that he'll get a throwing touchdown to someone and possibly garbage time. Yeah, and the rushing. I think he's moderately viable, but personally, I'm going for Keenum if I can this week. He's my favorite option of the four. Yeah. I think I think I was pretty on Keenum last week, and he – I mean – the only thing with Keenum is last week, if he would have had that like miracle to Diggs, his week would have been pretty bad. Um, yeah. But I mean, Bortles, like, these other guys don't run the football. So, and Bortles does run the football. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can you can almost like not bank on, but like 40, like 40 rushing yards isn't like, is a pretty fair amount to expect from him on the ground. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so just. It, Buffalo hit 88 last week. He had 35. Um, probably somewhere between that. I'd like. I mean, I mean, 40 yards rushing, like on, like that. That's a passing touchdown. So, like, I don't know how the Patriots' uh, front line is, but I don't. They're not particularly great at rushing the passer. I don't know how good they are at containment. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I'm looking it up right now. But that is a good point. I, so I, yeah, Bortles does have viability. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it sounds weird saying play Bortles and Cash, but like, like that rushing. I mean, that's that's the reason you play Cam Newton. Now, like, obviously, Blake Bortles is not Cam Newton, but like he his his running like his per rush average is like best in like one of the best in history for a uh, for a quarterback, which is hilarious. Um, so I can't see Deshaun Watson week three eight for forty one, Cam Newton week four eight for forty four and a touchdown. Um, Matt Ryan even ran for three for 37 on him. Um, Ooh. So maybe Tyrod, they're not a containment. The combination of Tyrod and Joe Webb and Nathan Peterman was seven for, um, it'll be like almost 70 yards. Um, I mean, so, and then Marcus Mariota last week got four for 37. So, I mean, predicting 40 rushing yards from Bortles is, like, seems actually pretty legitimate. Yeah, I, I can see it. So... That's something to, to keep into account um, on that front. And then, so yeah, Keenum, you said Keenum's your guy this week. I'll let you talk about him a little bit. Well, maybe. So it's, in FanDuel, Keenum's only 400 more than Bortles. So it's kind of like if you can yeah. if you have the 400 extra, I think I would pay up for Keenum. But I like, I think those are my two, my two guys. Yeah. Uh, Keenum, I like a little bit more because of the matchup with Philly. 
So mm-hmm. Philly's defensive line is destructive, and I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be much of a factor at all. On the flip side, I think McKinnon is going to have some pass-catching ability, and Philadelphia's weakness, as we've talked about, is against wide receivers. So Diggs and Thielen are going to have to show up, and McKinnon will have to show up for a rushing attack. The only way that gets delivered is if Keenum can throw it to them. Yeah, and that's like the sound logic. If you like two or three of your quarterback's weapons, that that leads you to play in the quarterback. So, like, I can I can see Diggs and Thielen both getting a touchdown this week, like pretty like easily logically, you know. So, I mean, what you expect from Keenum? It's the the two fifty and a touchdown is Keenum's forte. So, yeah, two fifty. I think uh, I think it's like two two fifty and two. He might have a pick. Uh, because uh, Philly's got that pretty aggressive ball hawk kind of defense mm-hmm. with the secondary that they like to run, but I I think two fifty two maybe one is pretty viable. Yeah, like I said the the, the two fifty and two like like that's that was pretty much him throughout the season during his stretch where he was like a pretty viable fantasy quarterback. Um, what is it? There were so yeah, week eleven through uh, sorry week twelve through fifteen. Uh. He had two touchdowns every single week and between 227 and 282 yards every single week. So it's pretty much like that thing. And he did have a rushing touchdown one of those weeks. Actually, you know, I guess I'll take back a little bit. Keatum is the other one who may rush a little bit. Not much, but... He may, though. He can do that. He's, like, Bortles obviously is the top rusher quarterback of these four. Foles and Brady can't move. And then <laughs> Keatum can. I mean, he's... Was it Carolina? He had five for forty. He's got like a rushing touchdown on the year. He's got a couple games where he's got like twenty rushing yards. So, I mean, expecting a little boost from him on the ground isn't like you know far fetched. Like not a ton, but that helps a little bit. A little less than Bortles, but he'll still do it. Saw him run that one in. Uh, I forget which week it was. He ran the touchdown in from like fifteen yards out. Yeah. So like he has that potential. That's that's not. He's not as likely to as Bortles. Like Bortles, like especially these last few weeks, he's kind of been like darting out more. But um, yeah, Keenum Keenum will look to throw it a little bit longer than uh, Bortles will. I mean, he's he's got to have like his nerves have to be like cemented now after the. Oh <laughs> right? uh, yeah. Like I, I nothing mean, else shake yeah. you now. <laughs> oh no! If you pull that off, like you you're riding high. <laughs> and, and having that confidence as a quarterback is super important too. It is. Yeah, so I, I think Keenum's my guy this week. Maybe Bortles at that extra 400 in FanDuel, I can put somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, on to some running backs. Um, I get well, I'll have a in here, but the Patriots running backs, that's obviously the kind of tricky one to navigate. Um, obviously, watch Burkhead's health. I mean, if he's in, that muddies it a lot. Um, because you've got three guys to kind of pick from, and I guess you kind of have to go based on the pricing on the sites. And um, on uh, on DraftKings, Dion Lewis is like the most expensive player on the slate, so that kind of makes him a lot tougher to pick, especially if Burkett's playing. Um, on FanDuel, Lewis is seventy seven hundred, which is cheaper than Fournette. Um, James Burkett. White though is forty eight hundred. Yeah. And he's, he's 4,900 on DraftKings, and then, see, Rex Burkhead's 5,400 on DraftKings and 6,000 on FanDuel. So, I think, like, like playing, like, one or even two of these guys is definitely a viable option. Um, I mean, the way they beat the Jags, like we've discussed, is pass-catching running backs. Um, 
which leads kind of to James White a lot. Um, and so then you had to decide, okay, is it going to be Lewis or Burkhead getting more? I, it's a playing these guys in cash is kind of iffy, but they all make really great tournament plays because like no one's going to be sure who's getting what. I guess you have to kind of pick a game script. You know, is New England going to get way up, or is it going to be close the whole time? So, got you know, got kind of pick a game script to go with um, and go with your lineups on that. Do you have, like, I don't know if I ever preferred here, honestly. I mean, I like James White a lot, especially on DraftKings. Um, if I'm doing like tournaments. A lot, because on FanDuel, he's 4,800. I've got, mm-hmm. I just, like, arbitrarily selected him instead of Fournette, and I've got 3,700 remaining. Now I could go get Fournette instead of McKinnon. Yeah, my... My only is like on FanDuel, like you need the touchdowns from him because like if he doesn't get the touchdowns last week, it's a whole different story. Um, mm-hmm. But he did, so you can't say he like that. But I mean, on DraftKings, you get you get those reception points, so, like the full reception. So like if he if he gets like five for forty, that, I mean that's nine points there. It's not terrible, and if he gets a touchdown with it, that's awesome. So right, taking James White though is base will basically allow me to pick anybody else that I yeah. want. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, on this, like, where there's only two, like, two games, like, like, you you need, like, one value guy, and that's it. So, like, pretty much, like, pick your value guy and then roll with it. Yeah, and I think he's going to be my value guy. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with White, personally, because yeah, pass I, catching backs against Jacksonville, I think he's going to get a lot of receptions, and I think he'll hit two times his value pretty yeah. pretty. Solid. If if I'm picking one for tournaments, I'd probably go Burkhead because I think he'll be the lowest owned. Okay. Um, and he has really good touchdown upside. Um, like I said, like they he's their he's their goal line red zone guy. Um, he can catch out of the backfield pretty well. Um, and he's still questionable, so people, you know, probably won't want to take that risk all the time. It's true. If he plays, I'm gonna consider putting him in. If he's like, yeah. if he. 100 and i think he has a pretty good shot but yeah and, and a lot of my lineups i'll probably like like i i, I look at a ton of lineups before i submit some submit tournament once and i'll definitely look at putting two of these three running backs in a lineup together for sure mm. like with and without tom brady just because you know like he'll be tossing it to him a lot yeah of course and so running backs on the other side i mean it's fournette and yeldon um I oh man, I'm trying to like. I think playing both could be viable, but I think you kind of got to choose one. That's the, I think more likely you got to choose one, because last week playing both will work. This week I don't think it'll work again. Picking Fournette is like solid. I don't know if I could take Yeldon though, unless I needed that value guy. And then in that case, I how much is he? He's pretty cheap. Um, Very cheap. on Fanduel he's fifty two hundred. So James White's cheaper on Fanduel actually. Um, on DraftKings, TJ Yeldon's only forty two hundred. So, I mean, given his pass catching role, he's definitely more of a DraftKings play than a FanDuel play. Um, but I'm thinking about the game script here. Um, like I said, is like, do you think it's going to be close, or do you think it's going to be Jacksonville playing catch up? Because like, if it's going to be close, then I mean, Fournette will get a lot of opportunity, and you know, Yeldon will still get some too. But if it's catch up, that favors Yeldon some. I think it's going to be close for most of the game. Yeah, and I mean, so yeah, 
Fournette's definitely the like just the overall like in my opinion like the best running back play on the slate because like he's gonna get the most volume as long as his ankle holds up. That's that's the obviously caveat, but that's mm-hmm. every week with him. So, but yeah. he's he's very good. <laughs> he is a very good football player. He's very good. He's good good at running the football. Yeah. So I'll I'll have at least one of these guys in most of my lineups. I I might try one with both of them and see how I like it, but. Okay. With Fournette though, I'm not sure. Like, like if you're if you're thinking about range of outcomes, I think you can have like a really good week or a really like average week. I don't think there's gonna be like, like it's it's either gonna be like 120 and two or like 60 yards. Like I don't see a, like a whole lot of in between. 120. I mean, like, Oof. Yeah, like I mean, he, he like he might like vulture touchdown somewhere, but like, I mean, I, I'm thinking like he'll either like he's either gonna like break a hundred yards or like stay under sixty. That's uh, just kind of like a thought because like ever thinking about okay the game flow last week against Tennessee like they got way up and Tennessee had to try to come back, and even Derrick Henry didn't get a whole lot of yardage and they use him a lot. Um, this week it's kind of the same thing where if they keep it close, you know, Fournette'll still get his and if they get down, I mean they'll try to do it, but I don't think it'll work as well. I don't know. This is kind of me getting really specific on, you know, game script probabilities. I keep saying game script over and over and over cuz with these small like I think I mentioned last time with these really small slates, you got to like pick something and stick with it when you're making your lineups. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that being said, I, I don't think that they're going to run away with. I don't see the Patriots running away with the game. Yeah, I, I like I said, I've I've predicting to stay close. So I think Fournette's a really good option. Um, but even when it is close, like when the score gets high, Yeldon gets work. So playing both might work. Um, who knows? Um, for Philadelphia, I may put a Jai in like once, and that's pretty much it. I don't know if I want any of these Philly running backs at all. I'm not taking any Philly running back. Not saying they won't do well. One of them might, um, but like picking which one it is, like it could be Clement. Yeah, honestly, like Clement would probably be like my preferred pick. Is the weird part, but um, I'm definitely not taking Blunt. Oh no, Blunt, no way. I would be. It would be Ajay or Clement. I guess it depends. Like, because Ajay can catch the ball pretty well, but like Minnesota is still pretty decent against Pat. Like. Both Minnesota and Philly are both pretty good against like pass catching running backs as well. It's not like the oh just the ground like it's running backs in general. So yeah, that's what makes me iffy on like any of these running backs at all. Um, like on on either side, like I'm not huge on any of them. Um, like on most of my laps, I'll probably be picking like only like Jags and Pats running backs. Maybe like Murray or McKinnon once or twice. But um, you're definitely bigger on McKinnon than I am. I'll let you kind of talk about him real quick. Well, the only reason I'm big on McKinnon <clears throat> is because he, I've been big on Murray most of the year. And Murray was great last week, but I think the, the Philadelphia's line is stacked up the middle. That's why they're so good at stopping the run, because they stop all the lanes for the running back to run through. They have Fletcher Cox and uh, what's-his-face, Derek Barnett. Their pass rush is still good, but they get to their quarterback through the center of the pocket. And not around the edges like a lot, like Joey Bosa and some of those other teams. So I think Murray's going to have a really hard time running on them. Whereas McKinnon, 
McKinnon does that as well, but he's used in passing down situations much more. So I think he'll get more catches, which yeah, is he's, right. Yeah, he's definitely quicker. Like, and like I said, DraftKings definitely makes sense there. And he's still got half one PPR and FanDuel. My thought is, I don't, I'm not big on McKinnon because either way this game plays out, I don't know how much he'll get. So if it, if it's close, like if it's closer. I think that favors the wide receivers more than anything, just because the like Philadelphia's weakness is the wide receivers. I don't I don't think they'll try to like I mean like he could get like you know five for forty receiving McKinnon could, um, but I I'm thinking okay if it, if it's a close game it's going to be the receivers and if it's a blowout like obviously they run the run out with Murray so like I was I was high on McKinnon early in the week but the more and more I've thought about it I've kind of gone away from it I mean obviously we're going to disagree on some stuff disagreement's mm-hmm. good but um right yeah like for me I don't think McKinnon has a huge role either way this goes just because like I said I looked at it like Philly is actually really good at defending running backs like catching the ball too so that that was like a biggest trepidation I was kind of like okay you know they're going to the ground, but they they have the speed to keep up with pass catching running backs. So, like so last week, they, they limited Freeman and Coleman last week too, pretty well too. Yeah, they did. But um, then I may... at the same time, the offensive the Falcons couldn't get anything going with anybody, so they just yeah, like, it just didn't help. I think the the only difference is if Diggs and Thielen are going to have good games, which I think they do. That does open the field up a little bit mm-hmm. for game to do all right and i do think they'll have the lead in this one at least at some point yeah and i mean but, last week i mean mckinnon was it like a shovel pass that he took in or the something like that free one or no sorry no yeah mckinnon raymond in last week didn't he uh no murray had two didn't i think okay, i don't know if mckinnon did i don't remember anymore <laughs> let me take a look mckinnon i pretty was it last week or the week before um, yeah, yeah, he ran one in versus New Orleans. It was like that 15-yard run, I think. Okay. Yeah, so like, I mean, like he he's definitely quicker, and you know has some big play potential. So I mean, th- I mean, with that, with the big play potential is always nice to look at. But um, but Philly's defense is fast. That's their thing. yeah. That's 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 why I'm kind of eh on the on the McKinnon thing. Let's see okay. on on DraftKings McKinnon is 5100, Murray's 5700, and then on FanDuel Murray is fifty. Or sorry, Murray is sixty nine hundred, and McKinnon is sixty eight hundred. So they're basically about the same price on both. Um, right, now, I don't have either in my lineup because I've got mm-hmm. Fournette and White. Yeah, but if I was going to take one personally, I would take McKinnon. It sounds like you're just kind of st- staying away from both of them, which I, yeah. I get. I would, I might play Murray a little bit because <coughs> if I, I think Minnesota definitely wins this. Um, I guess the twenty four thirteen. It's it's a matter of how that happens. If it's like they get up like if they get up like fourteen to three right away, then Murray's gonna get a lot of work. So yeah, I mean, and I guess like I mean, if you if you want to say maybe Philadelphia gets up early, Agile get some work, but eh, I don't see that happening. So who's so, gonna I, score the touchdowns? Thielen and Murray. We'll both get one. At least ten points left. Um, I guess I say Thielen, Diggs, and Murray get the touchdowns. Then, okay. I mean, that's 
that seems like the most likely options. Because, I mean, if they get at the goal line, Murray's always an option. Like, he's the short yardage guy. That's that's the thing with him. Like, he's got, like, really high touchdown upside each he week. He does. And he mm-hmm. definitely could get one in. The only problem is I think if he – he can still get a touchdown and get under eight points. <laughs> yeah. He gets, the, he gets the ball a lot, though. Um, let's he see. What, what did he, how many times did he get last week? Last week he got the ball – he got uh, 19 rushes and two receptions. Uh, week 17, he got like he's getting like 20 touches a week, which that's that's what you want to shoot for. You want a guy who's getting like 20 touches because I mean, like I said, like we've keep saying, yeah. volume and opportunity lead to points. So always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the running backs are actually kind of tough to pick because like there aren't like I mean, Fournette's like a, a bell cow guy, but after that, you're kind of just kind of figuring out what the game script's going to go. And with the Patriots, you got to kind of throw a dart. Not really throw a dart, but it's it's kind of tough. That's why it's hard for me to pick either of the Minnesota backs right now because they're mm-hmm. both at, like, in FanDuel, they're at 6,800, <clears throat> which is a lot. I would rather buy low on somebody with higher upside than, yeah, like, James White or, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, with with most of these lineups, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty much only picking running backs from the other game, the – and honestly, like most of my stuff, aside from like wide receivers, will be from the Jacksonville New England game. Like I'll probably pick Diggs and or Thielen up to add to it, but that's about it. I like Thielen and Kings if it's full PPR. So I think he's gonna have a lot of catches. Yeah, I guess we can move on to wide receivers with that uh, little segue. Yeah, both yeah. are good options. Um, I guess I I like Thielen a lot. Also. Like, if you want to really get into, like, tournament theory, Thielen's more expensive than Diggs, and Diggs had a bigger week last week and off of that miracle play. Um, so Thielen's ownership's definitely going to be, like, way depressed because everyone's going to be high on Diggs because the low price and that huge play. So, right. I mean, b- both are good plays, and, like, th- there will be places where I play both of them because I think, like I've said, Minnesota, like, can take advantage of Philly's weakness through the air. And, you know, if it's 24 points scored, I think the Diggs can each get a touchdown. So playing both would make sense for me. Um, I mean, even Philly doesn't have very good corners. (laughs) At least, I mean, I don't know. They have, they're solid, but they're not the Jaguar secondary. Let's put it that way. They're very middle of the road, probably like a top 15 cornerback team but they're not like top five yeah because i mean darby and mills i believe yeah yeah i was like literally just looking at that yeah i mean and they've had uh, robinson this year who's been like inconsistent yeah he's playing well Mm -hmm. so i mean digs and theon are definitely better than the corners and theon also gets a little bit of work in the slot like probably like a fourth to a half is working the slot they move him out sometimes too but um Philly didn't get torched in the slot, man. Um, Cooper Cup, week 14, had that 5 for 118 and a touchdown. Sterling Shepard in week 15 had 11 for 139 and a touchdown. Like, the slot is the place to target these guys. Um, And Thielen gets some work in the slot. Okay. (laughs) Jarius Wright also plays in the slot some, but I don't think I'm going to play Jarius Wright. (laughs) Yeah, watch Jarius Wright get one. Well, I I mean... (laughs) Okay, if you if you are gonna make a punt, like that's not a bad place to do it. Um, 
that's that would be more DraftKings and FanDuel because okay, so the minimum on DraftKings is three thousand, and the minimum on FanDuel is forty five hundred. But um, I don't think you need to pay down like that on FanDuel as much. Um, I guess it depends. Like if you want to try to like squeeze someone in, like like if you if you want to get Gronk and Brady, like maybe you do that. But Jarius Wright for forty nine hundred versus you know D.D. Westbrook for like fifty five hundred or something like I'll, that's not worth it for me but you know on on DraftKings where you know Jerry's Rice 3000 and the next and D.D. Westbrook's like 3900 then it's you know the disparity is a little bigger so mm. I don't know. and you get less total money on DraftKings too that's so, true it's I definitely have Diggs and Thielen I like both of them yeah and so maybe if, if you want to like throw like a a value dart or like a punt play, Jarius Wright might be the most likely guy to be worth something. He had three for 56 last week, so not terrible, but I, I'm kind of digressing a bit. Yeah, it's Diggs and Thielen are both great plays, in my opinion. Both are cash and GPP viable. Um, Thielen's my GPP guy, I'd say, but yeah. Okay. Um, other side, you, you playing anyone on the other side at all? Like receiver wise? <laughs> 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 If, are you counting Ertz as a receiver? No, we'll move on to tight ends yeah, after we we'll talk say, receivers. We'll say him later. There, I could possibly see you taking one of the Philly receivers, but I'm not big on it. I think it's likely that Foles throws one to somebody. Yeah, uh, I mean, because uh, on, uh, on FanDuel, uh, Aguilar 6,200 and Jeffrey 7,300, so maybe Aguilar on DraftKings. Sorry, on Fandle. I mean, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Algo weren't Fandle, possibly. Right. Um, and then, you know, on DraftKings, Algo is 4,800, while Alshon's 4,600. So that would kind of lead towards Alshon on DraftKings, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I'm not excited about either because they could both easily just have really crappy days. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's Minnesota's defense might just, you know, poop all over them. Yes, Nick Foles. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> if. I guess the the way to think about it is if they're playing catch up, um, there's going to be more throws. Um, sure. So I mean, I guess the way to do it is you know if you're thinking Murray's going to have a good day, maybe you throw in Alshon or Aguilar or something. Just because I, don't know, I think Alshon's going to be super low owned, so that kind of helps tournament wise. Um, and we, we saw Michael Thomas get some work on Xavier Rhodes last week pretty well. Obviously, yeah, Michael Thomas is better than Alshon Jeffrey is, at least at this point in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alshon had a, was pretty good at his peak, but then he kept getting hurt. Um, so maybe maybe he pulls one over on Rhodes. Um, he's pretty big, so that helps. But uh, <laughs> We've seen it happen, though, where Rhodes has given up points to receivers like here and there. Yeah, Marvin Jones had a really good game on him, and then Michael Thomas just did. So, who knows? Both those guys are pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, um, how big is Marvin Jones? I'm looking that up right now because I, I want to know this. He's six two, two hundred, and oh, then Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is six three, two ten. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the kind of key is big, big guys. <laughs> so, Alshon is six three, two fifteen. Okay. So, these bigger guys have kind of been the sort of 
only guys to have some success. I mean, I guess I can go through because like AJ Green's pretty big and he had a bad game, but he also so needed all. Yeah. So like we're we're trying to look for connections, but yeah, there may not be a ton of connections. So yeah, it's kind of I just think a it's guess. Take one in Fanduel. It'll be Aguilar because. Mm-hmm. If Rhodes is on Jeffrey, then the natural like pick for me is to take the other guy. Yeah, I'd I'd be more inclined. I mean, obviously, but we both would prefer Ertz, but we can talk about that uh, after we get through with our receivers. <laughs> um, on the other game, so Patriots receivers. This is the the problem with the Patriots. I mean, outside of like Gronk, it's so hard to pick a a, a fantasy asset. Mm-hmm. So okay. I guess we can start with Brandon Cooks. He is super boomer bust, like just in general. Um, they're gonna I, have either Bouye or Ramsey on him. Uh, it's tough. I I think he has a decent game. To be, if I'm being honest, um, I think he hits his value at seven thousand. But yeah, I, I, I mean, don't know. If I'm gonna take him because if I have Diggs and Beal, uh, and then I can't really afford him. I think with Cooks, what you're counting on is like him getting deep on him. Which they showed last week. It's possible. Yeah, and Cooks is a really good deep threat. <laughs> um, I mean, the guess you got to worry about is, you know, will Brady's hand hold up like for deep balls? It, I think it, that's not going to be too big of an issue. Yeah. So I, I, it's, I would not touch Cooks in cash games if you're doing cash games this weekend. And I mean, Ooh. obviously. Tournaments in play just because he's he's a big play guy. So you know maybe he catches a sixty yard bomb and he's all of a sudden like awesome fancy play. Right. See, he what, could get twenty seven though. You know, like yeah, that's the thing. Because he's seven thousand on Fanduel, he's sixty one hundred on DraftKings. So we had pretty close when you're scaling down. Um, as far as these other guys, if we're talking, you know, Cooks or uh, sorry, not Cooks, um, Hogan or Amendola. Who's who's your preference there? Cooks, the Cooks, Amendola, or Hogan? No, I, I I guess all three, and also just between Hogan and Amendola. Um, I don't like Hogan as much this week, personally. I think Amendola is gonna get a lot of catches, but not a touchdown. I think Cooks mm. has the most likelihood of snaking one in the end zone. Gotcha. Yeah, see, Amendola is more expensive on Hogan, uh, more expensive than Hogan on both sites. Um, I would take Amendola in DraftKings. I think he's going to, if that is full PPR, like, as you've said, I don't do DraftKings yeah. much, but um, I, th- I think he'll have a lot of catches. Yeah, it could easily go how last week did um, for him. How did last Ho- week go? He, didn't he have, like, 11 for, like, 110 or something like that? Did he really? Good lord. Pretty sure. Yeah, he had like a pretty big week last week. Um, and, yeah, with, with, yeah, and uh, Hogan, he had like he only had like one catch last week, but it was for a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> he like Hogan's definitely like a good red zone option. Um, that's that's part of it. He's like the replacement Edelman kind of thing. <laughs> um, hmm. I yeah, it's pretty even for me on Amendola or Hogan because Amendola has good PPR potential, but I do think Hogan will be rather low owned after, you know, he hasn't been doing a whole lot lately. So maybe 
I mean, it's 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 kind of tough. You had to kind of find like that right dip and peak in production. Because like Cooks, everyone thought last week was going to be Cooks' week. Well, actually, I I was not on Cooks last week, and he did not perform. Because that my, my thought was Adore Jackson's going to keep up with him, and it worked out. Um, I just I, mean, I thought Gronk was going to have like the career game last week. Yeah, it's, it's... they just didn't need him as much. They just outclassed Tennessee completely. Yeah, um, every. <laughs> yeah it's for sure just yeah completely yeah these these pitchers receivers is kind of tough to really pick one like same with the running backs like all these pitchers guys except for gronk you're kind of just like ah, ah. <laughs> not a dart throw but it's like bobbing for apples i guess yeah <laughs> they could all do well but they won't all do well at the same time <laughs> how it works um on the other side of this game jacksonville wide receivers um for me yeah. it's marquis lee or dd westbrook are the only like viable options like because keelan cole and alan hearns are getting like no no snaps at all like they're not getting much like many looks in general lee got like six targets last week and you know Bortle seems to go to dd when he's under pressure so th- those two like in my opinion are like the guys who have the most like upside and floor like did the two plays for me but because they're both cheap on both sites too so i don't know how much i like lee i'm like i'm not sure i like i i legitimately don't know he's just sort of been quiet yeah well he was injured he's like coming back from that now pretty much so as he's getting healthier he's getting better because he had that stretch like during the season where he was like on fire too. Right. And I'm wondering why they haven't like utilized him as much as they could. Yeah. So they're just working him back from injury. Also Westbrook's kind of emerging too, but right. And I do like DD a little bit. Yeah. I'll probably play Thela or sorry. No, Thiel. I'll probably have Marquise Lee in a, like a spot or two just cause I mean, the like DD, Bortles, Bortles looks to him a lot. He had more yep. targets than uh, uh, Lee last week. He had eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, he had eight targets. No, he had. Three. Was it the week before? Oh, Why is it? I think, I think against against uh, Buffalo, I think he had eight, maybe or oh, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, that was against the Bills. Yeah, because because like you saw every time Bortles was like, oh god, oh god, he threw to DD against the Bills. Um, yeah. I mean, last week you saw him go to Marquis Lee a lot, and like throughout the season, Marquis Lee has kind of like been one of his go tos, pretty much. Like, he was kind of the only, like, consistently relevant fantasy asset for that stretch of, like, five weeks there. Um, Would you rather have Amendola or Lee? Hmm. I don't know. It's tough. I don't... Uh, hmm. Well, on on FanDuel, the prices are really close. So, that's a tough choice. I, Hogan and Lee are the same price on FanDuel. It's funny. Um, yeah. I don't know. On... I would... It's tough. I think I might lean Lee. Um, at least tournament, especially tournament wise. Well, on on DraftKings, Lee is forty four hundred, while Amadol is fifty five hundred. That's a huge difference there. Um, oh wow! I think I think the ownership will be lower on Marquise Lee, probably. Um, Bortles will need to throw some, and like he's he's shown a tendency to go to Lee. Um, 
I know with with Bill Belichick, you know, maybe he Danny Amendola is the answer again, or maybe it's typical Bill Belichick where a guy blows up one week and we never see him again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a tough part. I think Lee is a little not. Yeah, okay. I, I think Lee's is a little more predict, slightly more predictable, but it's kind of tough. What, what? Where would you lean on that? I think in. I think I would take Lee in FanDuel. Okay. Um. But if I was in DraftKings, I would take Am. I would buy up for Amendola. Even though it's eleven hundred more, maybe how like how much? Are, what are what's he like around the other receivers in DraftKings? Like who's around him? So actually, Alshon Jeffrey's forty six hundred, Lee's forty four hundred. Then the next guy is TD at thirty nine hundred. With Amendola, he's fifty five hundred, and then around him is Cooks at sixty one and Hogan at five thousand. So like, oh. there's not like a ton of guys this week, so it's kind of tough. Let's see. I would take Amendola out of all the Patriots wide receivers on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm very torn on them. I'll probably like each of my lineups if I have like if I have to go on, I'll probably just like pick a random one. <laughs> like it's kind of, <laughs> eh. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, tough. it's tough to pick. I, like I said, I'll have D, some DD, some Lee because DD is really cheap too. So like, you know, maybe he pops off. Who knows? But. Yeah, it's tough. But either way, like on for the Patriots, uh, I guess moving on to tight ends. Gronk is like my clear favorite. <laughs> like, yep. Because Jacksonville is good against tight ends. Like, like people think that's their weakness, but um, they're actually like I mean I know Vance McDonald had a lot of yards last week, but it was garbage time. Um, but Gronk is insane. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's Gronk. I don't know what else to say. They don't have anybody that matches up with him physically. No, yeah, and he's like the only guy who like you can kind of count on to consistently get the ball there in New England. So, and when it, it and this is going to be a close game, and when the Patriots need that extra X factor to go ahead, they're going to go to Gronk. So I'm yeah. I'm buying up for him at least in this lineup that I'm currently making. Yeah, I think I think the hundred yards and a touchdown is a pretty like mm-hmm. realistic scenario. Yeah. On the like, flip this side, week, you could go uh, O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like Gronk and the running backs are going to be where the points come from. Like this week for the Patriots, so like I might, like I might just be avoiding the receivers and going Gronk. Um, well, that's what I'm outside got. of Gronk. Yeah, outside of Gronk, though, like I mean, Ertz, I guess Ertz is in play, just because he's like he's he's good. Um, He's done. Minnesota's really Minnesota's really good on defense, but I mean, because on DraftKings, Gronk is seventy nine, Ertz is fifty three hundred. That's a huge difference. Um, there's a yeah. fourteen hundred difference on FanDuel, which is still pretty big. Um, I mean, we've seen Foles go to Ertz a lot still. Um, I don't think he had a great league last week, did he? No. But Minnesota is good against the tight end, but also Minnesota is good against literally every position. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have a great week last week. Uh, Ertz didn't, but like, I'm not. If I'm picking an Eagles patch catcher, it's probably Ertz. If I'd like, if I had to be honest. So you could buy down though for Trey Burton, and you might get the same productivity. Yeah, with, with Burton, you're like it's literally like touchdown or bust. 
Yeah, but see, that's that's the only reason I would take Ertz. I don't think Ertz is going to have like a great statistical game by any means, but he might get a touchdown. And I'm like, that's the same line of reasoning I might do Burton, and he's 2,200 cheaper. Yeah, I guess it's a, yeah, it's a matter of like how do you think, like because if they're playing catch up, you know, like maybe Ertz does get the ball. Um, what about what about Rudolph? It's Rudolph. He's 6,100 on Fanduel and um, on. DraftKings is forty five hundred. I could be wrong, but I think the Eagles are great against the tight end. That could I, they are, <laughs> they are. Yeah, said okay. I'm not big on Rudolph this week either. Yeah, because um, they they're gonna need him to block. Yeah, it's oh. also not much more for Ertz on either of them, and I prefer him. Like for like for me, like the Gronker. I wrote Gronker bust because I really think it's like you you pick Gronk or you punt tight end. Like I think those are the two <laughs> best options. Yep. I mean. Is it Mercedes Lewis? Is it Trey Burton? Like, <laughs> yeah, see, I'm either doing Gronk or I'm going down to Burton and I'm just stacking my lineup. See, and right now I'm doing Gronk. Yeah, I mean, because because on on Fanduel or sorry on uh, on DraftKings you can like you can put a really cheap tight end in your flex and get that like minimum price too. Um, that's kind of a plus side of it. Um, because because you, you can get Gronk and just like punt at a flex in DraftKings and, and FanDuel you have to just punt at your tight end and you'll miss out on Gronk is the only downside at that but cause I don't I don't think you need to go down at tight end on FanDuel um, as much um, just because like like if you're getting Gronk like you can go cheaper at receiver I, I mean let me look at this let me take a look if I'm talking this I better be be on it so Dwayne Allen, <laughs> forty-five hundred. Yeah. Okay. So here on, here's what you can do on Fanduel. You can go Bortles, Fournette, Murray, Diggs, Amendola, Westbrook, Gronk, Gostkowski, and Vikings D. So like, if you want to fit Gronk in, you don't have to like sacrifice a whole lot. <laughs> really don't, especially if you go cheap at something else. Like right, this is my lineup right now. I can just say it got Keenum, Fournette, and White, and then Diggs, Thielen, Lee, Gronk, Guskowski, and the Vikings defense. That's a to me that's yeah. a great lineup and I didn't sacrifice anything. I've still got two hundred left. Yeah, like Yeah, on uh on DraftKings if you want to go Gronk, you like you have to pick a you do have to pick kind of like a value guy, like a low price guy. Um but like I said it's not too bad either. DraftKings pricing is always a little bit higher than FanDuel pricing in general. Um, but, yeah, I could, I could you know, like, talk myself into Mercedes Lewis, I think. Ooh. Okay. Let's look at the snap counts here. He had one target last week. To, I mean, he's, he's definitely on the field more than all the other tight ends. Like, by double. Like, <laughs> so... Like snap count wise, Mercedes Lewis like is definitely the number one tight end. Um, red zone looks. Let's take a look. Um, <laughs> wow, would you believe me if I said Mercedes Lewis leads the Jaguars uh, pass catchers and red zone looks? Because he does. I mean, for counting receivers and tight ends, yeah. What about well? What about run? <laughs> yeah, I mean. So, I mean, obviously most of the red zone looks like Fournette's gotten, you know, 31 red zone looks because, you know, he's the guy. Adbury's actually gotten 25. Um, wow. 
You got nine one week. What the heck? That's crazy. Um, all four that was out. That's why. Okay. Uh, yeah. The the Ivory games are mostly when Fournette was out. Um, Yeldon still gets looks while Fournette plays though. That's a plus. But um, yeah. Of receivers and tight ends, Mercedes Lewis has the most red zone looks. Um, at nine, but because <laughs> well, Lee's Lee's second at eight, and he's missed some games too. Um, D. Westbrook already has five, and he's not played much. So that's kind of my reasoning for the Lee or Westbrook thing. Um. Wow. O'Shaughnessy got four red zone looks in week 16. That's funny. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, sorry, back on track. Yeah, so Mercedes Lewis, like, he did have that three touchdown week. It's it's possible. Patriots are not great against the tight end. Are they? I don't think so. Let me, let me take a look here. But, I mean, it's if hard. I am punting a spot, like, if I am punting tight end, like... Mercedes Lewis isn't my least favorite. Oh god. Punt. Let's see, New England. Um, they've been pretty good with tight end. I don't, I don't know who they played, but that's the thing with tight ends. Is like Minnesota's good against a tight end, but like when I look back at who they played, they played like literally like fucking no one. Like they played a but like literally all the tight ends that Minnesota's played have actually been legit scrubs pretty much i mean look at their division alone that's eight games yeah out of tight end basically yeah so let me let me see um <laughs> or six games whatever it is because the line yeah. tight end is eric ebron like green base mm-hmm. tight end is richard rogers yeah it was bennett for a bit too yeah and then the bears tight end is in the hospital <laughs> yeah so okay so Week one, Kobe Fleener actually got sick, or actually got uh, five for fifty-four and a touchdown on them, which is kind of funny. Um, week two, they played the Steelers, who don't use their tight end a whole lot. Um, Cameron Brait got four for thirty-three and a touchdown. Um, and they played the Lions. Who the Lions tight ends actually combined for an okay week. Zach Miller got a touchdown on them um, week five. Then they played, you know, they played the Packers. Uh, the see, they played the Ravens. They played. The Browns. Vernon Davis had seven for seventy-six on him in week ten. Um Rams don't use their tight ends. They played Ebron again. Um they played Atlanta. They played whoever I don't even know who Chris Manhurst is. Then they played the Bengals and then like they've they've literally played like no they have not played many legitimate tight ends. So that's 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 my kind of I guess for backtracking a bit. I mean also Josh Hill had an okay week. 354 um last week um they have not played many good tight ends so i can see like an argument for okay Ertz is actually a good tight end maybe he'll do something and that's kind of the reasoning behind that like so i don't i wouldn't want to bank on that but like if i do want to pay down from gronk i would consider dropping to Ertz before i would consider punting i think okay but yeah i think it's probably gronk <laughs> You think Ertz will be highly owned? Um, I mean, okay. If I think Grok's ownership is going to be super high, and then Ertz will probably Ertz's will probably be like mid-teens, but it's not going to be like crazy high. I don't think. Okay, because I mean, what, what's what's his price? He's fifty-three hundred on DraftKings is very enticing for Ertz. Yeah, verse seventy nine, right? For Gronk. Or it's yeah, and then yeah, on FanDuel is seven thousand, but like 
I mean, you can easily see him getting like 20 points, Ertz, like in PPR. Like 20 PPR points for Ertz is like in the realm of possibility. Like, even though Minnesota's defense is good, like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, DraftKings, I heavily consider Ertz. At FanDuel, not quite as much because I think I can manage to pay out for Gronk, but yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm punting to uh, Mercedes Lewis. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so with, with with kickers, um, I'll move on to kickers. Um, it's all it's just Fandle only, of course. Um, I I mean it, I think it's Goskowski like is the only like legit option, right? I mean, I like Goskowski and I like Forbath, but I have to have Goskowski right now. Yeah, I mean home home favorite like yeah, pretty exactly. high over under. Yeah, he like he checks everything off. Um, I mean. I mean, Forvath, I mean, sometimes the Vikings get into kicker battles, or I, I don't think. See, Lambo's 4,600. He's the cheapest one, but I don't see a situation where the Jaguars are doing much kicking. I don't know. Me neither. Because they're not going to be. I don't think they're going to be leading this game a whole lot. Yeah, because, like, I, I, I guess my prediction, I do have them kicking um, two field goals, but those could be, like, 20, like 20 yarders. So, I, I mean. 50 yarder 50 yard field goals are five whole points so i mean that's almost a touchdown that's huge and jake elliott has a big leg so i think he's in some consideration like for tournaments but like i mean guskowski's like by far the safest option though like, yeah 100 percent. and he's only more than four bath and Fanduel. i don't know what he is in DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings doesn't do kickers so oh okay yeah so i mean what five thousand? I mean, <laughs> with kickers, I mean, if, if your kicker gets you ten points, you're usually pretty happy. Um, and I mean, I don't know. It's Goskowski is easily the better kicker option. I may have like one or two Jake Elliott or Forbath, but yeah. I'm really surprised that Goskowski's not the top option. Yeah, like price wise, yeah, I'm surprised Jake Elliott's really expensive. I mean, he's had some really good games, and he's got a big leg, so that's probably part of it watch jake elliott be like the winning kicker lineup like he <laughs> he's the key who knows that's why i'll probably have a little bit of him just to like kind of diversify my lineups a bit but guskowski is obviously the top choice and if you're doing cash you go guskowski that's that's that he missed an extra point last week too jake. he did <laughs> i was like i don't know man and then it was like three more field goals right pretty much after that mm-hmm yeah, so like, even missing an extra point, he had no K day. Let me let me look at his total points because I don't know if any of those were like long field goals or not. Um, oh yeah, I mean on Fanduel, he still had like yeah, next to like Fanduel only, he had eleven points still, which you know for kicker you'll take. Yeah. So um yeah, that's, that's kickers. Um, on to on to defense, I guess. For me, like, it's the Vikings. I mean. Yeah. They're 4,900 on FanDuel. They are 3,800 on uh, DraftKings. See, they're actually not the most expensive. On, like, on FanDuel, it's a lot closer because, like, like and pricing at least. And, like, the Minnesota is more of a clear favorite on uh, on FanDuel, I think, because they're 100 more than Philly and 300 less than the Pats. Um, the Jags D at 4,400, I mean, would you consider it? I'd consider it. If the Jags win this game, the defense has to do well. Exactly. Like so, 
but will they? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big thing. Um, Philly's defense. I mean, like I said, home underdogs. I've always keep. I, I always say, you know, that's usually the way to pop pop a tournament off. Um, so if you think that Philly's gonna win, um, that's the game streak you're gonna go with. Then your Philly defense would be worth it. Um, New England Patriots defense. That I can see playing that one being a decent option, just because you know maybe you get bad Bortles and you know yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely is, possible. Yeah, cause the picks. Bortles doesn't get sacked as much because he's able to actually run, but he, he can get picked off easily. Yep. I mean, it leads us to the Vikings. The Vikings are a really good defense, and they get Nick Foles. I mean, I think it all kind of adds up to play the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, I think right now in my rank would be Vikings, then Eagles, then Pats, then Jags. Yeah, yeah. Like... On, on, uh, on FanDuel, it's all pretty close. On on DraftKings, where the Eagles are 800 cheaper, yeah. I might be more liable to play. And then the, the Jaguars are 1,000 cheaper. Um, yeah, the, the Vikings are, are 3,800 on FanDuel, and the Patriots are 3,500. So I may have a little less Vikings on, on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel just because of the pricing. But, like, they have, they have, they have really high upside, too. <laughs> like... The number of times they can pick off or sack Nick Foles, I think, is you know. I mean, they could they could get an interception or two and a fumble, and like four or five sacks pretty easily. Not easily, but pretty realistically, I should say. Right, and on the flip side, I think the Eagles have a good chance of sacking Keenum a couple times and getting yeah. a pick. So I think both are viable, but I obviously like the Vikings better because I think they win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. would you say there's higher odds that Foles has three turnovers or no turnovers like I would say there's higher odds he has three turnovers right like yeah I agree so I guess it play play on the odds like and Foles does doesn't move <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's not once I I'm looking at his stats in case I get proved wrong but nope okay he doesn't now um he can run on like that very averse occasion. Like it's happened. He'll get the first down maybe, but he's not going to do it a lot. Yeah, back at, back in uh, 2014, he had some rushing yards. But on his okay, on his career, he has 115 rushing yards. So yeah, he's he's oh, not a runner. Portals, huh? <laughs> yeah, like that's a that's like a game or two from camera Bortles. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, actually, his his uh, his really good year in Philly. He had he rushed fifty six times for two twenty five yards and three touchdowns. That, that's pretty much where all of his rushing is from. That was his banner year with a twenty seven and two as well. Who right. who was the OC that year? Because man, Did Kelly run the offense. I, I'm trying to remember if that, was that before or after Kelly. I'm looking at this up right now. Twenty thirteen Philly. Because like if you can get that out of Nick Foles. You are a genius. Like I'm just gonna be real. <laughs> yeah, it was Chip Kelly. Yeah, like they went ten and six that year, won the division. Yep, that was his first and year. Was... Oh, hey, guess who the guess who the OC was? Who? Pat Shermer. No way. Yeah. So Pat Shermer. Wow, that's another connection. He was the OC for Foles in his banner year, and he's the OC for Keenum right now. Just another Keenum Foles connection. <laughs> I'm actually so happy. I'm glad I wouldn't look that up. 
Jeff Fisher. Because I did not know. Couch somewhere, like I made this happen. Yeah, this is my team. These are my quarterbacks. This is my mustache. <laughs> I haven't shaved it in seven to nine months. <laughs> oh man. But um, yeah. So Vikings defense there. Um, <laughs> so I guess um, we can go through and make some lineups now. We'll do we'll do Fanduel. Um, so I think last week my mine came out on top. Um. Because I had I had the Keenum and Thielen stack and Rudolph stack, which that that wasn't a great one. The real the real bonuses were the Fournette um, and Corey Davis calls. Those those hit big. So, I think I had Ingram and um, Henry last week. I had that. Yeah, I, I had, I had Henry too. Got with Ingram and it just backfired. Yeah, Corey Davis was a gut call for me too, and that one worked out. But um. Yeah, Henry didn't work out. Fournette worked out, which was nice. Keenum had a uh, Keenum's touchdown at the end saved his day, because what was it without that? That's that was like sixty yards, so that's a couple points there, and then a touchdown. So it's that's a that's, that's literally like ten points or sixteen points. That's actually a pretty fair amount there. So yeah, so that one came out. So I guess now we'll do um, we'll do another Fanduel one. Um, so let's see, what should we do here? Obviously I just, find just a cheap one. one. It was like the audible one. Oh yeah, yeah, that works. I'll do that. One K NFL free play presented by Audible. Win and you get a thousand dollars in an Audible subscription. Yeah, and uh, I got an email like, from FanDuel. It's like, oh yeah, goes on up for Audible. Yeah, get like a free entry into a tournament, and then this, and then Tom Brady's ebook. I'm like our audio book. I'm like. <laughs> Water is really important. You should drink it all the time. Get get a hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> Wear Uggs. There's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good looking. <laughs> Always trust a guy named Bill. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do our uh, our you know lineup head to head thing. Um, we're just doing this audible free play here. Um, <laughs> Win all that good stuff. So, who do you who who do you got? Let's start. Who do you got at quarterback? I'm curious who your quarterback is. Okay. Um. So I've got Keenum at quarterback. Okay. I went Bortles. I was curious if you're gonna go Bortles too. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So our line. If the quarterbacks are different, then usually the rest of the lineup goes out pretty different. So yeah, go ahead and go and hit me the rest of your lineup. All right, so Keenum start, then I've got Fournette and James White at running back. Okay. Um, then I've got my wide receiver stack with the Keenum. I've got Diggs and Thielen, and then I've got Marquise Lee also. Okay. Then to finish off, Gronk and Guskowski. So I got my two Owskis and Minnesota on the defense. Okay, we have actually a pretty similar lineup now. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay. Yeah, so I also have Fournette, Thielen, and Diggs, and Gronk, and Goskowski, and Vikings D. So, wow, um, okay. So my, I've got Bortles, and so I was tempted. Um, I know I was, I was like, I can go Lee, but then I don't have enough money for a good running back. So what I did was I went Westbrook, and I went Rex Burkhead. So my lineup, I've got you know, Bortles, and my running backs are Fournette and Burkhead. My receivers, I've got Westbrook, Thielen, and Diggs, and then yeah, I've got the Gronk. The Gronk and Gotts combo, and then the Vikings D. 
It's interesting. You and I are similar, except basically like the variability in a few things, like Jacksonville yeah. receiver versus and Patriots running back. Yeah, pretty close. I I was t- like I was tempted. Um, actually, what I'd had before this, um, I I what I'd had was um I had Algalor and I also had Yeldon, so I had Bortles and his two running backs, and I had uh, Algalor at my receiver spot. But I was like, eh. I don't know about both running backs, especially on FanDuel. I don't know if Yeldon's in play on FanDuel. So, yeah, I switched over to Burkhead, and I think he has really good touch on upside, which is on FanDuel kind of what you need. So, yep. Nice. So we'll see who we'll see who gets this week's win. Hey. Good stuff. But, uh, yeah, so this like I said, this will be the last DFS one we do um, since, you know, Pro Bowl and Super Bowl, man. But we'll definitely probably talk some, talk some football before the Super Bowl, make predictions. Um Sure. And then, of course, once the season's over, we'll get those nice that that uh all all the moves that happen, you know, like the coach changes, um, all that. We can make some predictions on where we think people will land, uh, all that good stuff. And then throughout the off season, we can kind of go over you know things that occur through the fantasy season and what you can learn from them. Um, talk about stock of guys, you know, coming up. So we'll definitely get some shows going through the off season too um, to keep things interesting. Oh, for sure. Yep, yep. So I'm trying to think if there's anything important we missed. Um, I think we got. I think we got all the all the recent news. Like I said, we'll go over every every little bit of it once the season's done, just so you know we're filled in. Right. Yeah. Like the Pro Writers of America came out with their choices for awards, but we're gonna wait until the uh, the next. Yeah, the a- yeah the, I think it's the Associated Press on the AP NFL yeah. awards. Yeah, because those are like the official ones that the NFL goes with. So. I mean, I imagine there's going to be some overlap. Like, I imagine Sean McVay will be coach. Um, I, Tom Brady will probably be MVP. Eh. Um, let's see. I guess come comeback Keenan Allen. That one's probably going to be the same. Like, I don't, I don't see any other option for comeback player. Um, no. Rookie of the year. I, I think defensive rookie of the year probably is going to be um, Lattimore. Defensive, yeah, it's possible White gets it. But I think yeah, he's pretty good should. Yeah, and then offensive is pretty much between you know Kamara and uh, Hunt. I think Deshaun Watson would have won it if he got stayed healthy. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a bummer. But yeah, I think I think it's um. Well, I guess maybe uh, yeah yeah probably one of those two. Fournette maybe in the running, but you know if Dalvin Cook wouldn't have got hurt, but who knows what he could have oh, done? But he's awesome. He's so good. But anyway, um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those um, awards coming up. Uh, you know, hopefully, I get some good surprises. Okay, who do you think is going to be Kamara or Hunt for Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year? Um, it might be Kamara. Saints might have both of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think I would lean Hunt a smidgen, but I don't know. I think that's what it will be. I think yeah. personally. I would do Kamara because I think yeah. Kamara was just electric. Because yeah, once AP left, he was just lights on, like pow, killing it. So that that'll be that'll be cool to see how those awards turn out. But yeah, I mean, if the Seahawks would have made the playoffs, Russell Wilson for MVP would have made sense. But like, it's hard to pick a MVP that's not on a playoff team. It's just yeah, I mean, and it's most valuable player. I can't yeah. tell you that Brady's more important to the Patriots than Russell Wilson was to the Seahawks this year. I mean, yeah. he wanted for all of their offense. Yeah, like, 
like I, there, I think there were like was one, maybe two often touchdowns without Russell Wilson involved. So that's how bad it was. So right, like if if uh, Tom Brady couldn't play this week and Hoyer had to come in, I couldn't tell you that I thought the Jags would win. But if you put the Seahawks out there without Wilson, there's no chance they win anything. Oh yeah, that's not yeah for sure. I mean Hoyer's not like good. I, the Jags would win, but like the Patriots will still have a chance to win. Of course. I mean, they won yeah. with, they can win with Brissett, with Matt Castle, and. Mm. They 11 5 with Matt Castle, so that's about all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think they missed the playoffs that year, how it shook out, but I mean, still. Yeah. Matt Castle made a lot of money off that. <laughs> he he owes Josh McDaniel some bank. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, anyway, I think that uh, wraps up our podcast for the day. So, um, thanks for listening and hope you all tune in for our next episode. Thanks again.